So yeah, we are back on another episode and we just ate some really good food actually before this and it was so good. So sorry if I have a little bit like this mucusy sound. But um, you know, ever since we started this podcast, um, we called it the Path of a Believer and it was strategically called that for the reason that a lot of people who are believers that believe in Jesus Christ, they come from different types of paths. Like they can be an airplane pilot, a neurosurgeon, they can be a musician they can be in our case with our guest greg biletsky uh he's an investor in the financial market so welcome greg how are you bro good how are you daniel i'm great yeah bro it's an honor to have you um greg's a pretty good friend of mine and he's also the brother of vasa who's with us today yeah and i think it's very important like we focus a lot about spiritualness and uh you know spiritual growth and everything else but the physical stuff, a lot of uh, churches, they don't like talk about it because there's one big aspect, which is, you know, the fear of money, right. things like that. Prosperity, just, gospel, just fear. Just to start off, you know, Greg, he was only four years old when I, when he moved here. I was I was uh, seven years old. And so we, we we grew up in the same thing, but it turned out a little bit different. Our paths went completely the opposite ways. I went to, to medical stuff. He went, he, he started early and he went off into business stuff really early on. So um, just to start off, first of all, where did you actually encounter God? Um, originally, I encountered God when I was 11 years old. There was a preacher that came by First Live Pentecostal Church, and they had a prayer over there for the Holy Spirit, basically. And I recall Vasily and I, us both going on stage. Yep. And that's when I got baptized with the Holy Spirit. And exactly the same night was when I got baptized with the Holy Spirit. I was 13, he was 11. But so- actually, from then, I didn't really know uh as to how it's supposed to lead me basically i'd say because i was actually in school and i was applying to go to stc for tech technology management. you were in high school like, yeah in high school uh, well i'm saying later on like right 13 14 years old so i was right right but i actually had no idea what kind of plan god had in store for me just yet gotcha gotcha um how did you like though end up into this career like what led you from you know you, you were saying like you're figuring out hey do I go to SCTI and do a trade school or, you know, do some other aspect of like going to college or university, which is kind of the route that I'm taking in Vasa to some degree. So, yeah, if you can talk on that. So I was actually sitting in high school. I remember it was construction class. I was sitting with a friend of mine and he introduced me to an Instagram page of a guy that traded Forex. Okay. And so I was interested and I'm very much like a person, like if I find an opportunity, I like to jump in it really quickly. I don't really think twice and ponder and ponder before it just completely slips away. Just, just for a pause. Can you explain to the viewers what Forex is? Because like Forex is the global market. So you have the stock market, which is New York stock exchange. You have the London stock market, London stock exchange. These are all different markets and they have different traders that trade every single day. So the stock market actually brings about 22 to 24 billion in volume daily. That's transactions going in and out. The Forex market, it brings 5.5 to 6 trillion. Wow. In volume every single day. So it's actually a much bigger market and it just has a lot more liquidity and liquidity is basically enough room for price to be able to move up or down. So it has more than enough volume for you to be able to actually make trades. 
Awesome. So you were saying uh, just wanted to get the viewers, you know, to get on the same ground length as us with understanding of those terms. So Forex, it's not traded like the stock market. When you look at the stock market, you look at a certain company and you see their financial statements for a certain period of time and you see them and you decide whether this company is going to go up or down based on earnings. So now you're really just focusing on one single company or if you're focusing on the Dow Jones or the NASDAQ, these are all companies. Uh, these are all like comprised of a bunch of different companies so like the mm -hmm. us 30 which is the dow jones has 30 main companies on there you can trade that pair and you also have the nasdaq which is which has a hundred different companies on right. there, like apple tesla all of these big companies now the forex market it's a little bit different in that case it's not really focusing on certain companies or a certain combination of companies you're focused on a global economy so you're focused on looking what the US dollar is doing, their economy in that perspective, the Canadian, the Great Britain pound, which is the United Kingdom. You look, you're looking at the Japanese yen, which is in Japan, New Zealand, Australia, all of these different pairs, the euro, which also comes from the European Union. You're looking how all of these different countries or uh, unions, all of them basically have because the EU, which is the European Union, right? That's actually has a lot more than just one country in there, which holds like the euro dollar. So is that all this like complexity, what actually got you enticed with this one guy that you were talking about that like it was such on a global scale versus like the stock market, which is kind of more centralized to a national level? Um, in all honesty, I looked at it and I watched some videos and I'm like, wow, this is actually quite fairly easy. Okay. Until I stepped into it and found out it's a completely opposite. So what I stepped into it early on is I just focused on what the charts do and like what they show. And to be honest, you could might as well just call the market gambling at that point. Hmm. So when you, then I figured out that to actually be able to trade this market and be able to predict where it's going you have to be able to become an economist that not only understands how one economy in the world is doing, but how all of the majors mm -hmm. are doing, as I was mentioning, the Great Britain pound, the Japanese yen, all of these different pairs around the world. So you have to be able to understand how they're moving against each other. Right. So in, in this market, you could make money on the way up, you could make money on the way down. Now it's just on which side you are. I'll just give an example quote of a pair. You have the USD. US dollar basically against the Canadian dollar, right? It's on the quotum. So if you're buying up this chart, this market, that means you're actually buying into the US dollar. Now, if you're selling, you're actually buying into the Canadian dollar. It's currency against currency, economy against economy. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. all based on which one strengthens more against the other. Mm -hmm. So uh, you saw this in high school and you started, you started to pursue it. And then you moved to Oregon to live with Vanya, my older brother, and uh, you started to uh, do a little bit of trading there. But then everything was like slowly building up, but then something happened where you, uh, you got invited to go to Kingdom Domain. And uh, I want you to just uh, tell us a little bit what, about what happened at Kingdom Domain that year. So before I went to Kingdom Domain, well, I'll just go back to the story of uh, what he brought up. I moved to Oregon when I was right before I turned 16, basically, to work in a trucking company with my brother. And that didn't end up working out, but I did trade there as well, which uh, was basically a major plus for me because I understood how the market reacts within election times and different, like very, very big times when politics affect the market. And this was still Forex, correct? Yes. Okay. So when I took, took into account what happened there and I traded, it was uh, well off successful there, but I wasn't able to continue to trade. I had to move back to Florida 
because, uh, well, my dad, he wasn't doing very well with jobs at the time. So I decided to move back to Florida and open a construction company. So my father, he could work for better prices. So that's what I did. Can I just like stop for, for a moment and just say like, that's such a good, like son's heart. Like, honestly, because you were just like in that moment that just speaks of your character. Like, Hey, I'm putting aside my future, my, what I want, right. What could be better for me. And you just like took care of your parents and me being a son of like a mother who's a widow. Like I really myself, like try to put that into practice as much as I can. And so I just honor you in that, bro. But thank you. Yeah. So go on. But it wasn't in our family. It was basically, uh, my father, he worked for one guy and that one guy, he never really raised the prices. He kept it as is. He barely paid him. And I'm like, well, we have to make a change in this. So I had the opportunity of actually staying in Oregon at the time and, uh, being able to trade the markets, even though I was 16, I would do it like under my brother hmm. trading for him. So I was trying to do that, but then I'm like, maybe I need to go back to Florida. Right. So right before I made the decision to go back to Florida, I was offered actually money to stay there and trade, which mm-hmm. would actually kickstart me into my future with the years that I took back and actually went to did construction. Or should I go back into Florida? Mm. And I decided from there to go back to Florida because parents are parents, family's family. They need help at the time for future wise. So we took off the construction company and we started to work that for a couple of years. And afterwards, I ended up going to Kingdom Domain in 2019. Yeah, in 2018, we were, we 2019, both went. New Year's. That was fun. I was actually there with Daniel. <laughs> and the car, I, the car drive must have been so much fun. Oh <laughs> man, it was it was another level. Bogdan was there too, you know. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. So trust that me, that was really a lot of fun. It, it was like the three amigos just got together, and uh, I, you didn't know Bogdan back then that well. Uh, that was actually the first time I met Bogdan. Really, it was a very very interesting drive there, considering I honestly just wanted to jump out of the car <laughs> at one point. Yeah, but. We made it there alive. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, productive talks. Let's just yes, put it that way. Practically. <laughs> For uh, sure. So at Kingdom Domain, I ran into a guy. His name's Andre. And him and I, we just started talking about the markets. And for me, I would just study the markets at that time just off and on. And this is a few years after opening construction. And up until I was about 19, right around 19, that's when I stepped in and uh I'm like, okay, I got to get a little bit more serious about stepping into the markets. You've already spent all these years learning, but I wasn't really making any action towards just like stepping on it. And I ran into a guy there. His name was Andre. And we talked about it, so on and so forth. And he kind of set me forth, just like practically just do it. And mm-hmm. I started getting all excited there. I remember the night before it was time to leave. I started downloading all the platforms again. I started learning all the things like the charts, like, it's just like, wow, this is really what I've been missing all of these years Mm. while working on construction. And the next day we were leaving and there was a preacher there. His name was pastor Joshua. Yeah. Dr. Joshua Paul, Dr. Joshua Paul is prophet. Yeah. Yeah. He was a prophet pastor, a really awesome guy from India. Um, We might actually have him someday on the podcast. So virtually, but yeah. So I was actually leaving already and I packed my bags, all of that. And I was like, okay, ready to go. Daniel's in the car. I believe Bogdan was already sitting into the car. Everybody was like starting to get close to the car. And Pastor Joshua walked up with Andre, the guy I met that sort of like flipped me towards looking into Forex again, because it was just brought up at a random dinner. Um, 
he prays over me. He's like, can I pray for you? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then afterwards, he gives me a full-blown prophecy about how I'm basically supposed to be in the financial industry and how I'm supposed to use that. And this that. is uh, Dr. Joshua Paul, not yes. Andrew. Okay. So he basically gave me a full-on prophecy as to how I'm supposed to be in the financial industry, how I'm supposed to build it like faster than anybody, like the usual average way of building it. It's supposed to be quantum to that speed there. Right. And then he also like told me that I have an anointing towards the younger generation and also just like the future it's basically operating faith to a whole nother level right into what can be coming from the future and that then it probably seemed like realistic maybe in the moment did it it felt weird but it felt right because i was like i've always had a knack for this market even when i was younger i just couldn't have i just didn't have the time to be able to fully pursue it right so when i had this opportunity that came up in kingdom domain and then he prayed for me. I'm like, that's that's a confirmation right there. Wow. That it's actually time to step into the market itself. Yeah. And just go at it. So I continued with the market. I started it. At first, it was honestly not all that good. It was, uh, I took $20,000 and nearly lost three quarters of the money wow. at that time. So right around $5,000. That's where the money went. And I'm over here and it took me nearly three months to get down there. So imagine being in a career to where you're just gradually not increasing, but you're actually decreasing. Yeah. You think to, and you step into the market and you think to yourself, you're like, well, I was so good at that age and at that age, but you spent all this time studying and nothing right now. Right. Until sort of mindset shifted into uh approaching all the learning with the right intent can you speak about that like the aspect of like hey you know you're going in the downward climb right but eventually you get up so like how's can you do a parallel of the mindset going down and the mindset going up like i see a lot of different mindsets when uh people start something new and they see it going down a lot of different mindsets people will some are negative very quickly some fall into negativity and this isn't working out and maybe i should find something else and others they will actually turn around and they'll say i still believe in this let's go hard or go home right so but that actually ties into faith because you're you just stepped into a completely brand new career and you search up the statistics mm. of who wins in this market 97 to 98 percent of the people actually fail Right. So you're sitting to yourself and you're thinking, how is it that I can make myself be a part of this 2% that actually makes the money consistently within this market and is able to predict it and speculate the direction it goes? J just to confirm for everybody, it's not, uh, nobody really knows where a chart is going to go, whether it's going to be up or down. It's merely speculation. Hmm. You're speculating which direction it's going to go and the better you, the more you learn, the better you'll be able to speculate. Educated guesses in yes. simple terms, right? Yeah, but um, there's so you you think your actual uh, climb is going down, and you see all these sh shifts and changes, and uh, um, where you know from the prophecy on your phone, there was a as far as I remember, there was this thing he said. He said if you get closer to the Lord, He will be start to bless you financially. Mm -hmm. You know, so when did that start to take effect in your life? It wasn't necessarily into the fact of if you get closer to the Lord, it was, I took the prophecy kind of as 
like I sat and I thought about it. And then like those months, like when I was going down, I kept on sitting and thinking back to the prophecy because at times, obviously, you can't help but think, is this actually for me? Maybe there was not a right sign or a confirmation to actually go ahead and just pursue this as is. So you'd sit and think to yourself, mm, maybe. But I thought back to just the matter of having faith that it's all actually going to work out. So in that prophecy, I kept thinking, why is this prophecy to me? Why isn't the prophecy working? I kind of thought that if I just like lightly work at it, because I was doing construction at the time as well, if I just lightly work at it, it's going to work. Right. But what I came to realize at that low, when I got to like $5,000 and I'm like, this is practically all the money. I can't go to zero. Yeah. Because I also had debts at the time and different things that I had to pay. And I'm like, I, I cannot hit zero here because it's going to be really bad for my situation. And I thought of the podcast, not the, I apologize. <laughs> You're good, bro. You're I'm good. I'm flying up the thing here. <laughs> so I thought of what the prophecy said and I kind of translated it to everything you need is already inside of yourself. You just kind of have to apply it wow. and take action into it. Cause I kept on thinking, I'm like, so I'm promised all of these different things in the prophecy, but why is nothing happening? Mm. And I wasn't taking enough action oriented, like faith. Mm. Mm -hmm. Can you express upon that? Like what, what you mean by that? Like action, faith oriented action, faith oriented action. Could you express like what that entangles? Um, what that looks like. Yeah. What that looks like. So there's differences to it. A lot of people, they pray for something and this is where like, they don't, understand how important it is for God to bless them off of it. A lot of people, they pray for something and they don't take action on it. They actually pray, they fold their hands and they say, well, whenever God decides he wants to bless me with this, whether it's a year from now, a day from now, or um, 10 years from now, then he'll bless me with it. But for now, I'm just going to sit subtle and stay comfortable. Right. Yeah. We know, I know a lot of those kind of people. <laughs> now you see th th that type of mindset actually doesn't allow anybody room for growth. See, but see, the only reason, the only uh, way I can explain it in my terms, which is more, more into the spiritual sense, is that um, I can pray for healing over a person a hundred times, but never ask them to to see if they're actually healed. Right. But uh, you have a lot of faith that comes up when you pray for healing, and you say, "Go get tested to see if it's still there," mm. and then they come back and they say it's not there. For instance, cancer. Right. Or what's called clots or things like that that happen. Like, go go see if it's still there. And then, or um, move it around. You know, that, that's uh, that's the thing. Or another thing is prophetically um, speaking and mm. then asking, is this actually correct? Right. Because a lot of people would not want to ask that. So that's where I see taking the faith into action. But also if God gives you a word uh, to go and you're right. just staying there and you're saying, well, I'm trying to figure out the right ways. No, he said go, so you have to go. And for the critics, I don't know why, but I feel like to quote this right now, um, the verse that says faith without action is, is dead. dead. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because what is the point of you having faith if you're never going to work on it? You know, what's the point of you walking in faith, but at the same time standing still? Right. Um, but yeah, so what did that look like for you? How did that actually start to apply whenever you applied the faith into the action of your marketing, into the action of your training, into your job, technically? Because you were working with that a lot. You were working with... With that, and then you were doing forex, and then you you would wake up like three o'clock in the morning, study, 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 trade, go to work with that, wake up again, and like you this this um what this whole last year pretty much like no sleep. A little bit, yes, I agree with that. So it was two things that kind of turned that around for me. It was 
looking at how big your faith really is because a lot of people they try to move somewhere in life but you only you only find out how big your faith is when you believe how big god's works are this is how i figured it out so what i put and put into perspective in my mind is if god can create a whole entire planet right with animals with all the vegetation with people in six days what tells you he cannot transform your finances in one month? That's good. That's wow. really good. So that that's that's sort of the faith perspective <laughs> I always put when I took any sort of action. And I don't know where that thought came to mind when I was thinking back then, but I'm like, if God can do all of that then, right? I'm absolutely certain that he can do the same exact thing here. Come on, bro. And it's mm. and it's sort of like the faith you the faith and the happiness that you pick up from thinking in that mm. kind of perspective because if you think like that and you do follow it religiously, there's really nothing you can't do. Mm. As long as it's obviously aligned within God's things for Him right. to bless you with His that. will and for sure. Yeah. Well, so so uh, I want to actually um, uh, transition to the next next point is uh, you your growth because after that. Um, What's called after that it went from being in the negative to being right away into the positive. Not right away, but it started showing positive, 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 positive. And of course, there is some negative in that too. But throughout this growth, uh, throughout the positivity, uh, there is something that also starts to grow as well, and it's called pride. So yes. now this is where a lot of people struggle with that, and you see a lot of people that fall away from God in this situation is because they they say, okay. I've taken myself here. They forget about what, what actually took me. Yeah. Like I've got myself to this point. I am in control and that's where they fall apart. So how did you battle with the pride going up and how did you keep it at a level? Because we've, we come from a family that like money doesn't really control us. We control money. So I know that aspect when dad was drilling that into our heads, you know, mm -hmm. you're going to, he said, he said it this way. Um, he quoted it. It was Proverbs. here yesterday. It was here today. It'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. That's and, what he well, said. He, he also it's quoted beautiful. this one thing from Proverbs. A wise man will work only the needed amount, but a foolish man will work to pay the wise man. Workaholics. You know? So like, yeah. so this is where it comes up with like, as you're growing, your pride starts to grow as well. So what, what's the battles that you start to face there? Um, I'll say it this way. Money is a very... Money can be a very good thing or it can be a very bad thing, in my opinion. As uh, Steve Harvey, as you guys, you guys probably yeah. all know Steve Harvey, he Love said that money <laughs> is only going to make you more of what you already are. So if you are a kind hearted mm -hmm. person, it's only going to make you more kind and generous. Now, if you're a bad person, greedy at heart, it's only going to make you more greedy and inflate your ego more to where hey, Ramsey, people said exactly the same are going to repulse themselves from you. Yep. So kind of what I did to avoid being prideful is I kept it in the mindset to where what I have is not mine because it went from being entirely negative, a big amount, I won't say, to extremely quick and positive. And wow. obviously a lot of long hours came in there. My hours were... 18 hours a day. <laughs> yeah, around there. My hours were actually from 7 a.m. to at least 4 or 5 p.m. I was out at work. And then I would go out somewhere with my girlfriend, Sophia. And then afterwards, I'll show up to the office around 11 p.m. and trade the evening sessions. Mm. And I'll trade yeah. them till 3, 4 in the morning and do that over and over again. So a lot of work, obviously, was put into it. But just the understanding and everything that came from it, it all ended up working out. And just with the faith perspective, because I just decided to put everything on the line. Come on. 
So coming back from that, I kind of saw that I'm like, yeah, I put in a lot of work into this, but in all honesty, at the end of the day, you don't see these sort of returns or increases anywhere else. So I know for a fact that this is definitely not my knowledge only. Yeah, There's, for sure. Uh, a gut feeling that I operate off of, which comes from the Holy Spirit as well. There's many different factors here that allowed for this to happen, but the main one is God. So what kept me from falling off is understanding that money is just money and it's just a tool that somebody can use in their life. That's what I wanted you to speak about because you you told me something once in the car that is really, it's really actually even for me, that one statement or when we were driving one time, you said it, it really like changed my way of thinking about money. Uh, you said that the moment you stop viewing money as a, uh, like, I forgot how you say it. The moment that you stopped viewing money as a, Oh, sorry. The moment that you took emotions away from money, that's whenever things start to change. Because a lot of mm -hmm. people are tied down with emotions. Like, I worked so hard for this $5,000. What is going to happen if I lose it? Right. And, you know, you, you've you had days where you've, uh, what's called, lost uh, a certain, like over a few, a few tens of thousands of dollars in one day. And if you're emotionally tied to that, you like, as the money drops, your emotions, you know, depression, like, creeps right in and everything else. But there's a reason why you said that. So elaborate on that. Taking the emotions out of the trading, taking the emotions out of the money. Well, money, uh, somebody once thought me is money. It's a tool that comes into your life. So you kind of have to attract it to come in and you kind of have to keep it there. So it can come in and you can blow through it faster than it's there. And before you know, you're blowing more than you make and you're in debt which I did early years, of course. Same. Because I wasn't perfect. Yeah, it, I feel like it happens to some young teenagers, right? of course. But some of those things obviously had to be done for business and they ran me into debt and you know, just sacrifices in general. But what I learned is if you completely take away your emotion from your money, it doesn't stop you anymore to the point of, wow, this organ organization right here needs a donation. You're not like... Well, you see, I spent 75 hours working for that yeah. amount of money there and I'm counting. Should I really give up 75 hours to that organization? Mm. No. You know, like that's what stops a lot of people because they'll stop themselves and say, no, I put in all this hard work. I should keep a lot more for myself. But there's rules to your money and there's rules that a lot of people actually miss out on doing like donating, giving back, sowing and reaping. A lot of people, they miss that. And that's why they can't have consistent money coming in. Yeah, right. I completely agree with that. You know, I, li I listen to Dave Ramsey um, a lot. The YouTube stuff is just awesome to listen. If you guys ever have a chance, you just said that he's a Christian guy who teaches people about how to manage their money properly. And the, the phone calls he gets, a lot of it is people do not want to give the ten, even the, the small little 10%. You know, if you make 5,000, you give $500 away. For somebody like... Five hundred dollars. That's my. That's my whole. Right. Like that's a, like three or four days of working. Yes, but the root of it is that you start to realize when you start to give more, you start to realize that oh yeah, this isn't really my money. Uh, you know, right. this the more you give, the more you get, and right. you don't actually go into that with that mindset, but you start to understand the fact that the, there's a reason of how Daniel says this amazingly um, that if the world and God are aligned in one thing, it right. must be from the Lord. Yes. You know, in the, in the world, even if you're even if you're not even a Christian, if you have zero spiritualness or relationship with God, zero, 
and you start to give charities, start to give to organization, you start to give here and there and there, and you start losing that 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 attraction. All of a sudden, money starts to come in without the, as almost as fast as you're giving it away because you start realizing that it's not only about you. Well, this is the thing. This world, it's built whether you know it or not on biblical principles. Exactly. Yes. You know, uh, the the 10%, like there's a lot of farmers in the United States. And I believe one of the reasons why our farmers are one of the blessed ones is they leave 10% of all their stock for birds and all this other stuff. And biblically, if you go into it, it talks about how leaving a percentage for wildlife and all that stuff. Yeah. It also, it, it also says like leave 10%. Uh, somewhere in the Bible says like, if you're, if you're growing things, leave some of it for the widows and children right. that are walking exactly. around so they can pick up and they can, they can go off of that. Exactly. And it's actually in the, in the, in the Torah. That's what man, it's I just, about. I just felt the Lord on that. I don't know why, but, um, <laughs> because, because the reason why I felt the Lord is because in James, it says true religion is serving the widows and serving the orphans. Right. That's all it is. And so, uh, I want you to, to keep talking about that fact because a lot of, especially a lot of Christians are very greedy with their money. Yes, that is very, very true. So one mistake I see in current society. Now, this is my own personal opinion. I can't say, who's right or wrong, but I feel like a lot of churches, they've lost, um, how do you say it? They've lost understanding of a very important thing. So a lot of them, they preach into the fear of money. Mm. So mm -hmm. they, they, they preach it as if money is the root of all evil. Right. But yet when a church wants to grow, they can't necessarily grow because because money doesn't because, grow on because, trees. <laughs> <laughs> True that. True that. That was a good. One. That was so good. when a church wants to grow, you kind of see them trying to grow and trying to use their own people to uh, collect for all of that, but that's not able to happen because the church didn't spend enough time actually teaching the importance of finances. Yes. And the importance of faith and finances. Yep. And it's not even a matter of becoming a millionaire or becoming somebody just that makes a hundred thousand dollars a year. It's just the faith in the matter of finances and how much you look at it, whether you're working construction and some and a job comes by to where you're able to have money. So what a lot of churches fail to actually teach is the importance of having the faith towards that and the importance of being a very action oriented person. Yeah, because some of them, then they fall in, into being distracted and only teaching fear, 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 when the only thing you should actually have fear of is God himself. But nothing else of this world. Because we are God's people, we are technically chosen. So you have light over the darkness in the world. Right. Your co-heirs. There's one thing, um, and I've said this a while back, I think like season one, where I give the example of uh, Carl Lentz and his kid. So basically his kid, just to rephrase it real quickly. Oh, yeah, it, I remember this. His kid uh, got $100 or something like this for his birthday. And some missionary, somebody came in and he's like, you know, uh, you know, uh, saying, if you want to sow into this, like, you know, so his kid uh, said to dad, Hey, I want to give my 100 to this thing. And, um, basically he's like, are you sure? Like, that's all you got. Uh, and he's like, you know, you can just give $25 or $50. You don't have to give the whole thing. He's like, no, I want to give it. And he's like, the reason why his kid said this and the dad was blown away. He's a pastor too. He's like, because I know where my source comes from. 
He's like, my dad, if I need something, he'll like, he'll give it to me. Yep. And the same, he's like right there, it clicked with me. Like the simple truth that a kid, my kid told me, you know, and this ties in with childlike faith that, Hey, all my finances, everything, it comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from my works. It doesn't come from that like thing. Like, sure, I can steward what the Lord gives me, like the tools and all that stuff. But ultimately. So so the big, the biggest thing that the churches uh, preach about, and this is not bad that they, that they preach about. It's a good thing to make sure that people understand. Um, it is harder for a camel to fit through the eye of the needle than, uh, than a rich man to go into heaven. You know, right. it's easier for a camel to fit through the eye of the needle than a rich man to go to heaven. You see, I agree uh, with that. Yeah, one hundred percent. I agree with that. But I feel like some church, some churches nowadays, they actually take that saying there and they imply it to the fact that money is the root of all evil, and that's why their population well, can't that, grow. That, that's what I was, that's what I'm trying to say. Like whenever they whenever they bring up this point, they don't bring it up to the fact that a rich person. The whole reason that Jesus even said the whole reason for it entirely is that we see with a young kid that comes up to Jesus and he says, "I followed everything," right? And he's just like, "Then sell all your possessions." And that's when the kid had a standstill because that's for him, that was all of his life. And for Jesus, he said, sell everything, come follow me. If you've done everything else, I want, he, he said, he said, Jesus uh, loved his heart. It, like pretty much said how much Jesus favored right. this guy. And then the reason why he couldn't sell it is because he was so tied into it. But now if you start thinking about it differently, if you start thinking, God's going to give wealth to those that he can trust because if you steward what god gives you properly then he's going to be able to you know if you if you, he's able to trust you with the ten thousand, he's going to start being able to trust you with the 20 and if he's able to trust you with the 20 the 40 the 80 the 160 you know all these things are going to start multiplying god god wants his children to be wealthy the reason why solomon was the wealthiest person in the whole entire world is because he had the trust of the lord mm. of course he lost it but it wasn't because of his wealth that he lost it. It was all because of his, uh, um, what is this uh, word that trying? He couldn't, he couldn't get enough of be everything that he had. Like it wasn't just wealth. It was more about women and lusting and then idolatry. And because he was always seeking for something else. Right. Well, to sum it up and to let Greg continue on with his point is uh, the Bible says freely receive and freely give yes so this is the position we should have with our money like meaning i freely receive this from the lord and i freely give it when i need to donate or whatever sure. else because like you were saying it's not the bible verse that says money is the root of all evil it says the love of money is the root of all yep. evil 100 so. i agree um the way i look at it and the way i've always put into for other people in perspective is basically Look at God sort of like he's an investor when it comes to your finances. So if God blesses you with that job or blesses you with that raise or blesses you with you with basically having a government grant or anything that he basically blesses you into where you have oh, wow. finances. If God blesses you with this and you return to him his 10% return, then he's obviously going to continue to invest in you. Now, the people that you see rise up with a little bit of success as is and then you watch them curve and continue downwards from there you ask yourself what really happened there but you can't you can't explain it but when you look at it and you look at god when it comes to your finances regardless of what job you do and i'm not saying everybody doesn't have to make a million dollars or six figures you make what makes you happy and uh what serves your purpose on this earth 
That's right. what's most important. Because there's there's a lot of problems in on this earth to where people rank themselves with money. Oh, well, this guy makes fifty thousand a year and this guy makes a hundred thousand or this guy makes five hundred thousand. So you can't hang out with these guys. Everybody is still the same. Right. At the end of the day, if God strips the guy that has five million dollars of all he has because he wasn't humble, then he's gonna be the same as the guy that only has a hundred thousand mm. dollars. That's why it's very important to stay humble and not allow it to inflate your ego. Preach. Bro, because so life will actually humble you down in the most brutal of ways. Yes. And you will see, you will see, the thing is other people that know you all, they will, you will see it coming, but they will ignore it because once again, they've put into their mind that all of this work and all of these things that's came into their life is of, of their own doing and not by God's blessing. Mm. So then you will watch them fall very rapidly. And I've seen many people that were in great different businesses, like great businesses and i would always watch them work sort of in like a curve it would go up they'd have great projects great money and then down back into debt and i saw that cycle happen over and over again and i always questioned myself I'm like why is this happening to this person and i would ask them i'm like do you practice with giving back your tithes you're 10 by law from the bible um no, not necessarily. I do it sometimes here, sometimes there. And I'm like, you see, that's that's your first issue there because when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your business, God, he looks at it like an investor. Yeah. So, and we know God is fairly smart. Right. So if he's going to invest money into you, then I'm sure he's going to want to return back because if he doesn't get a return back, he's going to stop investing into you. Yeah. That's that, it's called that's a smart honestly investor. Mind-blowing. I've never heard it like that ever. Have you ever heard like that? I have not, but you know, well, let me put it this way. I have, but it was only today when we were driving in the car, kind of talking about <laughs> stuff, to be honest. No, but like, like, I've never, I've never no, heard that yeah. before. That's such a good point. Coming from my little brother, I'm just like mind blown. Um, because this well, is, this is, this is, it, is the, this is the thing you have to, you have to realize that, you know, there's, there's a reason why, um, Malachi was written, right? There's a reason why it was written because people, forgot to give god the first of every season uh what's called that thing the first the firstborn of the of the uh the lamb they like all these things people started forgetting they started bringing god the unclean things the dirty stuff the last resorts you know and it's just like you realize and if you look at our society it's exactly the same things uh is happening like where we wait till the end to give god Okay, so I'm going to pay my bills. I'm going to make sure I have this covered. Yes. I make sure that every little detail is covered and my fund money is covered as well. And then from that, I will give 10%. You see that that's that's actually a problem a lot of people do because I talk to them. They're like, actually, first, what I do is I pay my bills, take care of this, put away for savings. And then what's left of that paycheck I give to God when it's actually, it should be the other way around. Yeah, and when I was really young, young uh, uh, Ilya... Uh, Siborski, he was giving us an example. I was only 16 years old. And he was told me this beautiful example. He said, out of each paycheck, I instantly take 10% or 12% of what's called, uh, compared to what I want to give sometimes it's like 15 and 20. I take it and I put it away to the side and that's God's. And then I pay my bills and then I pay my rent and then I pay everything else. And if I don't have enough, I'm never touching God's money. To tie in what you said, and what you guys were just saying, this can be even taken to a more drastic step in the sense of time, because sometimes we not only give God our last money, but like, don't give God our last money, but 
what I'm saying is like we get to this mentality put on everything. Yes. On with everything. our health, with our time, finances, our you know, whatever the Lord just gave you to steward, basically, let me put it that way, just to sum it up, everything the Lord gave you to steward, every resource, God-given resource, and it just in that category. But that principle of investing, the Lord just reminded me of this. Uh, the Lord, like, if he can trust you with the little, the Bible says, he can trust Actually, you with the big. really good on that. Go ahead. So, uh, very much so, you see people that are trusted. Hmm, shall we go? go deeper on the given back or should we go on the just go for whatever time? you got bro just go okay, for so it first off i want to finish off the other point because i feel like we could never get back to it considering how much it can bounce off so what you should practice within your finances or what's advised what's very important to be able to have them continue coming back to you is you should practice by the rule of the bible is your 10 percent that goes back to a church organization that's where your 10 percent goes now you have sowing and reaping, which is your next step within there, with which within that paycheck that you just got. So that is another ten to fifteen percent. Before you before you um, you say something, when he said organization, it doesn't mean a charity. This is a tied back to the Lord. Yes. Right. Right. Okay. This is uh, what he's going to be saying next. Is going to be about charities and different things like that. But what he meant by organization, he meant uh, missionaries. He meant people out in the field. He yes. meant he meant other ministries that are outside of just your church. But dividing that ten percent among those people. Come on, preach. Are, but now what he's going to be talking about next. So exactly as he said, it has to that ten percent because this is God's ten percent by rule in the Bible. That ten percent has to go back to something that is towards church. So whether it's your church or whether it's a missionary or whether it's a crusade of sort, it has to be funded towards that direction. So that's it's important to keep that in mind because you can practice all of this giving and everything, but it actually won't do you any if you're not doing it the right way. Mm. Yeah, now you sure. have sowing and reaping. So sowing and reaping, it's very much, once again, I, I put things into investment perspectives but I believe it's a much simpler way of understanding it. Sowing and reaping is basically you giving money to God, an organization, a charity or something like that. And now you're expecting God to bless you back here, whether it's tenfold, 100 fold or whatever it is. Now, with the tithing, uh, this is you just made a really good point. But with the tithing, when you give, you don't you don't expect a return. That was your bill. You had to pay that back. You to had God. to pay that back to God. But because God is so amazing, he will take that 10% and give you 20% back sometimes. Sometimes, you know? yes. As, as long, long as and you... And sometimes, no. But that's the thing. You're not expecting. Right. So now with the with the charity, there's that's where... Uh, I did, you're so proud of you. With the charity, Respect, it's uh, um, you're sowing to reap back. Yes. It's not only charities. It can also be a church yes. organization or a crusade as well. It, it all depends. But when you do sowing and reaping expect to receive back from that this is something that is not required by the bible but this is how you become blessed back so for example you see uh flame of fire ministry right and you decide to say every single month i'm going to give 10 to 15 percent of my check to flame of fire as my sewing right now you're sewing into somebody that does crusades that sends preachers around the world and so the reaping of that is one you see their word be able to get spread by what you financed into there. 
and people being able to fly to different places and preach and you also reap a benefit from there it's it also has to do with faith as well right i'll bring it back from one prime example here so i was once at faith life church in sarasota mm-hmm. and they speak very much faith-based and uh towards your life and everything like that so i didn't have much at the time i was working construction but i still kept to that rule I've had very little in my account but i still kept to that rule i'm like i'm sewing this into this organization they had like something going on in guatemala or something like that at the time and i'm like i'm sewing this into here to get a return yeah mm-hmm. and there was when they were praying there they were saying sowing and reaping because they were very strong on that in that church and they were saying you will you'll will be blessed back tenfold right and I gave $500 and the next day a lady calls and she goes, we need to get some wood floors done in the house. And after I did the quote, the quote actually amounted to exactly 10 times what I gave that day. Wow. $5,000. So wow. I'm like, huh. I'm <laughs> Is that to- a coincidence, Lord? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally. I'm like, I'm like, maybe we're onto something here, sowing and reaping because there's your 10%. But as Vasily said, even like the 10% is just a basic ground rule that's yeah something that needs to be done so you can live life by giving just your 10 percent. but if you actually truly want to be blessed by god then you want to do sowing and reaping as well because now you're indulging yourself is indulging the right word for this not indulging huh not indulging uh immersing yourself into basically like god's kingdom yeah and you're blessing you start and god's blessing you so you start to depart from earthly thinking and you start thinking heavenly yeah, becoming heavenly minded. Um, now, because we're wrapping up, uh, we're coming up a little bit uh, closer to the ending. It's not yet wow. finished, dude. Yes, we, it's, we it's might going have to by, do it's a going part by two. Uh, it's going by pretty well, but uh, not. We're not finishing just yet. But I wanted to speak about this important thing. Um, by the way, are you ready for a part two? If anything, <laughs> <laughs> putting you on the spot, like right no, here. No, no, no. But let's go. I wanted to, to speak about this thing that um, I just it was reminded of. So you had the prophecy at Kingdom Domain. Um, God speaks. It's your choice to listen. God's going to speak. It's your choice to listen. So God spoke. You listen, even though you had that downfall. You raised what's called. You started becoming uh, faith oriented. You started raising back up. Now it went into the second prophecy that you started to have. Yeah. Um, well, it was never really the second prophecy. It was always there's only one prophecy that things sort of like based off of. Yeah. So I had people come around and how do you say it? Let's just say I'm getting a little lost on a few different topics here. Let's just say there was other prophecies around that weren't necessarily given to me, but they were, they were given to a sister of mine and it was in a completely different state by people not knowing that I'm supposed to be somebody that, also talks about what i do and also like preaches it sort of in, into the financial industry like to be able to have people be smarter in it and yeah. i was like huh interesting because it lined up to the first prophecy and i'm like i guess like it's something i have to do and move forward in mm-hmm. so like the same as like the basic rules as i was trying to implement here to where people give back their 10 percent, and then they have their sowing and reaping which is 10 to 15 percent and then for final, the last last thing that comes to that equation is the remaining 5 to 10% or however much your heart pleases there. It's just randomly helping somebody, like say a friend of yours or a brother or a sister, somebody that they're running behind on rent or they needed to borrow some money 
and you just gave it to them and you let them keep it without expecting anything in return at all. Yep. You kind of set yourself to that mindset to where I don't want interest. I don't want it back. It's that remaining five to 10%. So the first is the law, which is your 10% that you give back to the church. The second is your 10 to 15% of sowing and reaping, which is into an organization, a charity, a crusade, wherever you want. And then the third is just helping somebody out. Yeah. Now you practicing these three things and you practice this for three to six months religiously, I guarantee you, your life is going to take at least 180 degree turn, 100%. For sure. No, and, and I completely, I completely believe in that. Uh, but what I was going for with my question is that you received another prophecy from somebody about um, helping uh, missionaries and helping people and funding things that, that funding uh, actual things that God's doing and, and like actually going through there. Um, am I, am I on the spot or am I like fumbling with the words? Uh, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. So, so this is like, this is what I'm trying to see. God gives you a word. I'm trying to, I'm trying to put it into perspective of uh, our viewers. God gives you a word. It's your choice to listen. Once you step, once you take the faith or the faith walk and you start walking in that, then he's going to use that first word. Okay. He gives you something. You start actually trusting him. You start going. And then all of a sudden God gives you the full, not full time, but he gives you the next task. And he's just like, okay, you've done well. Now here's the next thing that's going to happen. And so uh, that's the thing. Like, why is that that's so important to keep going for that? Um, I actually have something to bounce off of that. Yeah, It's a very important thing. It's what I was actually trying to get into with Daniel, but I wanted to finish the giving back part first. So when it comes to you reaching different levels and different heights, because everybody hits plateaus. And like I said, it's not about the dollar figure. Amen. It's just about your daily life. So when it comes to you going higher and higher and higher, or like a higher income bracket or just better in the community or better or your church growing bigger and so on. It all depends on the main person. So in your life, the main person is you. It's uh, every single day you take action uh, and you set yourself out to either serve your purpose or waste your purpose. That's the way I see it. So a lot of people that uh, don't go out every single day and put it all out on the line and try to serve their purpose, what happens to them is they aren't dealt with these stressful situations that are able to bring their mindset to the next level, to accept the next level. So the same way I'm gonna bring the example back to uh, say a corporate company. You start out with a, you start out as a clerk and then you move forth to uh, say a junior partner or just completely an associate in the firm. Now from there, that comes with much more responsibilities, correct? Yeah. Then if you go into a junior partner, that comes with much more responsibilities when you get there, correct? Mm -hmm. Then when you go to senior partner and then a managing partner, each level comes with different levels of stress. Yep. Now, if you're not out there every single day, putting, giving it your all and gaining the experience and gaining the mental endurance to be able to withstand things at those new levels, then you're, you're not going to be able to increase to that level because does God want his children, excuse me, sorry. Does God want his children to be hurt? No. Exactly. So why would God bless you with the next level if he knows that mentally you're not prepared for it yet? Yep. That's, that's the same right. way you got to kind of continuously put it all out on the line. Because if you do that and you take some failures in between, those failures, if you don't let them stop you entirely and you keep working through them, those will form you to be, to be able to go to the next level. 
and then the next level after that. God will bless you based on him knowing uh, if you can manage the stress that comes with that level, the, str the stress that comes with an associate, to then a partner, to then a senior partner, to then a managing partner. Yeah, it comes, like, it comes, it comes back stress. to the thing that God's going to give you, God's never going to give you more than you can handle. Exactly. He gives yes. you a grace over that area of your life. Yes. But the thing is that uh, grace can increase. Yeah. Okay. Grace increases and God, God is a God of increase. And the, I'm not trying to be all prosperity gospel and everything else, but um, the reason why the reason why God gives you a certain thing in your life and starts to drive you is that he has a reason in the background. He has a reason behind it. So if you if you are just going through life and you're just going through it, going through it, going through it, and you have no actual reason in the back of your mind, just think about it this way. Okay. You you get you get your office, you put a desk in it. You put a computer into it. I'm trying to go on my training. And you sit there for hours thinking, why did I actually buy this office? No, before you buy the office, you already have a plan of what you're going to do in there, how everything's going to set up. You're going to really start to draw sketches and everything else. You're starting to know exactly what, what what's going to be on your desk because you, what's going to be, what posters are going to be on the wall because you're trying to make it a goal-driven thing that you're trying to make for your business okay god whenever he puts it into you he doesn't just say okay i'm just going to toss this sprinkle this a little bit and i'll see what he does with it you know it's it's you know i'm not really sure what it's going to happen no god gives you something because he knows the outcome of it and he wants to see if you're able to get to that outcome and if you get to the out the first outcome he's gonna be like okay now it's time for the next one exactly and now whenever you start going to the next one now it starts to the next one, you know, and this is where it becomes that your life no longer becomes a, oh, it's, it's uh me, you know, your life becomes, what is God's next plan? Because this has been a fun journey. What's his next plan, you know? And then it just starts going forward and forward and forward. I 100% agree with that. After a certain point, when you are growing, you kind of have to put yourself into a perspective as to all of which is happening. It's not happening due to me. It's happening due to God. Mm -hmm. And it comes from your faith. And you also have to be grateful for everything. So Come just as much as uh, putting faith over things, as writing a goal down and working hard towards it, is it's just as important to be grateful for every single thing that you have. Yeah. Because what God entirely dislikes is people that he blesses majorly and they are ungrateful. And they only want more and more and more. It's just like when people go to praying they don't pray for the right thing in my opinion i believe that praying and saying god i need this new car i need this new house i need this new thing it's it's very materialistic god i pray that you bless me with the knowledge to be able to get these things into my life right i have a quick question and this is just like for open air type question you know, you said, and I'm not trying to go all, uh, all prosperity gospel, but this is the thing, uh, prosperity, the word in the Bible, if you go right now, test me on this, you type it in, how many times is prosperity, the oh, no. word used in Lord, the Bible? The Lord will bless you. Right. That's the thing. But the, the problem that happens is a lot of people come to God for the blessings. They don't come to God for him. Right. That's where, that's where people get confused. And that's why, why prosperity gospel is so badly looked at, even though it's such an amazing thing, because God wants to bless you. You're his child. What kind of father gives a child a rock when he asks for bread? Right. Exactly. 100%. So, or a snake when he asks for, what, what was it? Uh, 
I, I just remember like I forgot, rock I and bread. Yeah, but like you think about it, what kind of father does it? The father wants to give you more. 100%. His whole entire goal in, in, in creating was to give you more. He wants to have all of you so you can have all of him. Yes. Oof, come on. You know, and that's that's where uh, true prosperity comes from. But uh, there's this... Uh, there's this thing I wanted to talk about, and they just since we're since we're summing up this uh, podcast, it's actually coming up to a close now. I want to just give Greg an opportunity to speak to people. Uh, first of all, to that one that are interested in trading or interested interested in things, but also um, people that are just looking at money from the wrong perspective. I just wanted to Greg to give him like a few minutes just to speak about what's actually his life. Hey, what God's been putting on his life right now and then how to speak about it. And if you can also just kind of give a quick brief, you know, if somebody's trying to get into what you're going to, even though, you know, you said it's not easy and only like what, three, four percent make it. Yeah. Right. What what tools have you've learned along the way that kind of helped you and just impacted you the most um, that you would recommend for these people? For specifically this market or life? In yeah, general? well, life and just uh, finances uh, in the investing. financial investing. Let's investing. put it that way. Investing, one of the most important skills is, in my idea, one very important skill is risk appetite. You have to have it to be able to grow majorly. The other one is to be very, very informed of the details of the company or the economy or whichever trade. There the i'd say maybe 70 out of the 97 percent of the people that fail in this market only fail because they don't take the time to look at all of these different economies like an economist and it's not very easy to do with some people that didn't end up going to college i didn't go to college i had to learn that all on my own in depth and through trial and error and testing how it actually works and comes together so a lot of people they rush to make the money in this career but what you should actually be doing is learning to uh, find the passion for the career to where like you figure it out because you can put two traders with the same account sizes and like they both have the same end goal and one person didn't educate himself as much and he's just going boom, boom, boom. He's going to blow through his money. This guy that was more knowledgeable and already had more experience taking some losses and learning from them constantly is going to end up hitting that goal a lot faster because it's it's very much psychology. Yeah, for sure. And the myth that sits within this career is that it's easy. <laughs> it's Now it's kind of uh, advertised everywhere. You have the Robinhood app. You can invest on Cash App. You can invest nearly on almost any app nowadays. Stockpile. There's so many different apps where you can just buy some stock. Acorn. Hold it. Yeah, and you know, Acorn's easy investing. Yeah, of course, that is easy investing. That's actually smart investing. If you look at it, if the returns it makes there, if you save there properly, then Acorns works just fine for you. But they step into this career thinking they're going to turn their $200 or their $500 into millions of dollars within a month to only realize that they actually lose all of their finances because they stepped in with the mind that this is easy. Yeah. And uh, one more thing I want to just um, speak about. When you lose... If you step into it and you lose, how would you give a suggestion? Because there's, uh, what I feel is that somebody can can jump into it and they can jump prematurely without realizing it. 
and they will lose and they're going to lose $20,000 or $10,000 or $50,000. You know, I've, I'm watching Dave Ramsey's show, which by the way, guys, if you guys uh, do not, uh, if you guys are struggling with financial stuff, go to financialpeaceuniversity.com. Yes. Very you, good. Dave Ramsey. Literally will, will transform the way you think about every single dollar that you spend. Right. And so uh, when you lose, there's a, it, the best example I can give you is at 2008, <laughs> As the market was falling, so were people falling out of the windows. Right. Yes. So what, would, what suggestion would you give just if you lose? When you lose, you have to look at it from the big, from the long-term picture, sort of. Because it all depends how much you lost. Somebody could blow their accounts out entirely, and then you have a big problem because now you've run out of chips, technically speaking, if you put into casino bases. Because people that are very uninformed and they take losses extremely often, they're gambling. So you might as yep. well put it into the casino basis. And gambling is a sin, by the way. Yes, that it is. But, well, not in the markets. <laughs> when <laughs> no, people no, no, are no. learning. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking about if you're gambling, it's a sin. Like one one, one guy I was just listening to and... Um, he, as he's speaking, we were just saying he's speaking. He just said something. He's just like, oh yeah, I was I was playing um like I was betting against football teams, and then I learned it was a sin, and then started deleting my accounts instantly. <laughs> but what's it called um about losing? I just wanted you to speak about that. It's uh sorry, it's very much looking at the longer term picture. So if you took a small loss somewhere or you made a wrong call, always keep in mind you're speculating. You're never certain of the exact direction something goes. Never 100% certain. When I step into a position, I'm 90% certain, 95. Sometimes even 60% certain I take a risk with it. Usually I try and be over 50%. But is one, the market's still here today for the rest of the day, for tomorrow, and the next upcoming week. It's mm -hmm. going to have more than enough movement and more than enough opportunities for you to make it back. Two, Make sure you do not lose all of the funds on the account because once you do, now you have to go through the painful deposit and thinking to yourself, well, I've lost this much already. I'm going to have to deposit more. And then you're going to be extremely risk adverse on the next account. So you're basically still going to make nothing because you're going to be scared to lose every dime of it. So focus very much on the long term of it because that, that's where the psychology of it comes in. Uh, you're confident confidence basis on how many successful trades you can do in a row and then how many you lose in a row until you got to change your system up because it's like a never-ending formula as mm -hmm. i call it how you learn how you see how you step in positions how you scale out of positions it's like a never-ending formula that you just continue to tweak yeah i, th I think that that's a really good way and then just to cover um if somebody's trying to learn just things where would you, if, if somebody just came to you and just said, uh, Greg, I'm interested in investing, um, where would you send me to learn? Because I don't want to lose my money. I want to just, uh, and if I do lose, it's fine. But like, where would you send me first? For the market that I do, where I send is just babypips.com. It's free. That's where you can start learning. That's maybe one-tenth, even though that's a lot of information on there, that's maybe one-tenth of the things you need to know for this market. It'd probably take you... If you spent eight hours a day going through it, it'd probably take you two weeks to go through baby pips, hmm. but that's seven days a week if you're going through it eight hours a day. So it's it's fairly big and it's very, very detailed. So you basically cannot mess up there with it. Yeah. Well, guys, um, 
this has been an amazing podcast. I, I learned a lot just sitting yeah. here listening and also just uh, in the open, um, having just another look at life from a different perspective. Um, and if you guys were blessed by this and want to just like help spread the word about this podcast and, you know, you guys have been sending it in. If you really want to help us, what really helps like get this out is leave a five-star review in, you know, the review area or click the subscribe button if you're watching yeah, just this. share it with your friends and family. Yeah. That's, a big, that's um, the biggest thing as well. Yeah, that, that really helps family. a lot and gets the views up and, you know, lets it work with the algorithms and all that stuff. So, yeah, thank you for being on this journey with us. We hope this bless you and will help you in your life.